You know, just about every interaction we have throughout the day is a pitch of some sort. We're trying to influence, convince, sell. In this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, I speak with Anthony Sullivan. Maybe you've seen him on the Home Shopping Network or that OxyClean guy. He's a guy that sells mops and sells pretty much all kinds of $20 items to all kinds of people. And there's a bit that we can learn from his new book called You Get What You Pitch For. This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is sponsored by Podcast Bookers, podcastbookers.com. Podcasts are really hot, right? But you know what's also really hot? Appearing as a guest on one of the many, many podcasts out there. Think about it. Much easier than writing a guest blog post. You get some high-quality content. You get great backlinks. People want to share that content. Maybe you can even transcribe that content. Being a guest on podcast, getting yourself booked on podcast is a really, really great SEO tactic, great brand-building tactic. Podcast bookers can get you booked on two to three to four podcasts every single month on autopilot. Go check it out, podcastbookers.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Anthony Sullivan. He is a celebrity TV pitch man. Came to you probably first in the Home Shopping Network, but he's also known by a lot of people or recognized at least by a lot of people as that OxyClean guy. Today we're going to talk about his new book, You Get What You Pitch For, Control Any Situation, Create Fierce Agreement, and get what you want in life. So, Anthony, thanks for joining me. Thanks very much for having me. It sounds great. We read it like that. Control any situation. It's a pretty bold claim. Yeah. Even get what you want. Well, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff in there for people uh, that I think Thank they could react to. So, uh, most celebrities uh, happen overnight, and I'm sure your story is no different. <laughs> but uh, give me a little of your background of how a person becomes a celebrity TV pitch man. Oh, it's it's such a, a strange title because I, you know, when I as as life evolves, I've sort of every now and then I update my bio and um I I you know like okay I look in the mirror and I like what what am I known for and I got to be honest I'm um, known for pitching for pitching products I've been pitching since I was in my early twenties professionally. Um, and I started off on the streets in England and working uh, street fairs and street corners and hustling in Cardiff and London and all over the West Country of England. And um, that's why I kind of fell in love with the art of the pitch, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then slowly it evolved into a move to America to try and get a bigger, broader audience. And um, and ended up on television, so um, so that's how it all started. And I started off selling mops. Of, of, there's, a, there's a lot of people in my space that have done very well selling mops. So yeah. mops was uh, selling mops was my first um, product, and I, um, I I'm still selling mops to this day, <laughs> amongst other things. Yeah, it, it it kind of almost reminds me of the sort of we didn't call it reality TV back then, but it kind of has that feel, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean when I when I. I remember the moment, the aha moment for me was when I was selling um, on a rainy, literally a rainy underpass in Bristol. And it was a Sunday day, a Sunday afternoon. It was freezing cold in the middle of winter. And I came home and I was chilled to the bone. You know those days when you can't warm up, even when you're in your car and you got the heat on and just you can't get warm. And we just had uh, satellite TV put in. 
into my dad's house and I was about 21 years old and I came in and I was freezing. I'd been driving for like an hour and a half in my old escort van and I'm sitting in the bath trying to warm up and my dad had a TV in the in the bathroom and I turn on the TV and I saw my first infomercial. Yeah. And that was when I was like, right, that is what I got to do. And that's uh, that's how it all started. So, you know, in some ways, aren't we all, we may not call it this, but aren't we all pitching something all the time? Well, this is kind of my impetus to write the book yeah. because I think when people see me in my blue shirt, my khaki pants, and they hear me talk, they think of OxyClean right. and twenty dollar products, like gadgety products, which I have, you know, and working with Billy Mays, we we used our pitching skills to sell products. Mm-hmm. And as I as I kind of have gone through life, I found myself using what I learned to I don't like to use the word manipulate, but to trying and get what I want when this could be as simple as getting the last seat on a plane when it's overbooked getting um getting a room at a hotel when there's only when there's no rooms left um just getting somebody to give you what you want and that could be a a, a, you know maybe you have a kid and and they're not in the the school program they want and you have to go talk to the coach or talk to the principal and I started to realize that life is a pitch um, whether you're in your business, you know, in the in out there doing this show right now, um, whether you're promoting a book like I'm promoting a book, whether you're trying to get into college or trying to get a job interview, how you present yourself is the difference between sometimes getting a yes and a no, getting a door open and a door closed. So I've always I found that over the years I'm like, you know what, well, I gotta I gotta connect with this person. I'm walking into the room, I wanna get this gig. I really want this gig. There's 50 other people who are going to get this gig. I need to put my best foot forward in, in a terrifying situation, which can be a job interview. Yeah. It can be going to ask your boss for a raise, trying to get into college, or something as simple as trying to get your kids to eat vegan food instead of going to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> um, how you present it, how you pitch it is is the difference. And I think you're right. To go back to your initial question, because I do like to talk, um, it, at some point in your day, almost every day, there's a situation where you have an opportunity to pitch, and the quality of your pitch will depend on the outcome. So, will we'll have a big effect on the outcome. Yeah. Sorry. So, so tell me this, because I think a lot of people just make the assumption, oh, that person's just outgoing and they're confident, and so they're just better at it. But they're, it's really a lot more than that, isn't it? I mean, you you have clearly developed some sort of artful aspects of pitching. Yeah, when I first did it, I, I when I first I didn't realize I could pitch until I actually did it, um, and I had the good fortune to I think learn the very basic, the the very sort of you know the the elementary school of pitching. I went to it. This guy called Mark Bingham, he literally sat me down. He said, "Right, learn these words, do these actions, mm-hmm. and then get up and do it, and just do it." And so he said the one thing, he said, just do exactly what I tell you to do. And I did. And then my very, very first pitch, I remember I remember exactly where I was. I remember what time of day it was. I remember I was in Biddeford in England. And I, I got up there and I'm like, I can't do this. I had that moment, that terrifying sort of stage fright when you just freeze. I'm like, just, just do it. You rehearsed it. You practiced it. You can do this. You can do this. Anyway, I get up. I do it. And the very first pitch I ever did, I sold something. And I was like, 
I didn't fumble through it. I, I did exactly what the guy told me. I pitched it exactly the way. And I that's when this light bulb went off in my head. And I'm like, man, if I just repeat that again and I get better at it, I'll turn one sale into two, two sales into four, four sales into eight. And before I knew it, I'm, you know, my stage was bigger. I was working in London. Sorry working in London and then I ended out um, you know accelerating to television very quickly but I, I really followed the fundamentals so I mean I think I do have an outgoing personality and I have a British accent which I think maybe helps a little bit in this in this country yeah but um I sorry about the phones going here we our phone system's been out for for days so it's just coming back online right now <laughs> I feel terrible. That's all right. Um, this is live. We'll, we'll treat this like live, even though this is recorded. We, I like to have the live elements in it. The, the better I got at it, and the more I did it, and the more I fell in love with it, I just practiced it um, religiously. And um, and I, I I don't think I was born into it. And I've trained people who are wallflowers, who mm-hmm. are afraid. I could never do that. I have my brother. I trained my brother. My brother never got up in front of a person in his life. And I said, bro, come to America. I will teach you how to pitch. If you don't make enough money in the first month to pay me back the airline ticket and cover all your hotel expenses, the trip's on me. He came out to California. I taught him how to pitch. He met a girl because he was pitching. And uh, they got married. He lives in California in a, in a million-dollar house in Venice Beach, all on the back of a pitch. He never sold anything in his life until I taught him. So I think I can teach anybody. So, so give us two or three or however many you want. I mean, are there, are there elements that are uh, available or, or I shouldn't say available, but mandatory in, in a pitch? Well, the, well I mean, I, what I try to do in the book is get away from selling product. And I think what I, what I try to do is go, you know what, that's, that's the, the best product you're ever going to sell is yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no one's got you like you. So I felt what I wanted to do is, all right, how do I – translate how I would sell a product into selling a person, whether it's a job interview, getting into college, asking for a raise, getting what you want. So I tried to take some of the the basic skills of of pitching and work them into, you know, I call them my 10 superpowers from knowing your acceptable outcomes. Um, I'm very big on preparation, uh, uh, obsessive preparation. I don't think that's, I don't think I'm the first person in life to say, Hey, the more you practice, the better you're going to get at it. Right. But that is a big part of pitching. Um, I talk about how to make an entrance and take control. It was so funny. I actually watched a Katy Perry documentary the other day. And, um, I don't know if you've seen the, the documentary, but Katy Perry before her career took off, um, needed a new manager and so the, they interviewed the manager and they said that Katie walked in the room did a cartwheel and dropped into the splits um, <laughs> now, <laughs> so I talk about making an entrance and taking control now I'm not saying that everyone should walk in the room and do a cartwheel and do the splits yeah. but that was Katie's way of letting that manager know that she had some serious talent and she was ready to throw down um, and I think that making an entrance and taking control is very, very important. And I'm not talking about walking in the room, blowing the doors off so that like you announce yourself. But when you walk in the room, you look good. You know exactly what you want. You know your acceptable outcomes. Your posture's great. You're ready with you. You're ready to go. And when I say take control, I'm not like take control of the whole room, but take control of the situation that you want. So I talk a lot about that. Um, I really. 
um, I, I, I'm very big on breaking down this sort of barrier. Um, innately, I think, especially with technology, the way it is, you know, we're all kind of married to our cell phones and look at them something like 120 times a day. Everyone's got this sort of force field up. Nobody wants to be bothered. A lot of people don't want to meet new people. They don't want to have a conversation. They're very comfortable, you know, on their phone doing, you know, replying to a text message in digital land. Mm -hmm. So I talk about breaking down that barrier and opening that connection, when to push back, um, if things aren't going your way and what one of my favorites is, and it kind of goes against the whole ethos of in selling is to, to never be closing. Uh, yeah. so you don't have to close. You don't have to go in and make this giant case for yourself. Trust the process and enjoy the process. Do it with a smile on your face. And before you know it, um, you'll find there's opportunities in every single day when a good pitch can make a huge difference. And, I'm not talking about being at my level of like trying to sell a product, just how to walk in a room, how to take control, how to tell a great story, how to how to go for it, lay it all out there and, and get what you need, get what you want. And I use the term fierce agreement because when it's working, when the process is working, you can literally watch the physical barriers come down. You see people nodding in, in agreement. Uh, you make the arms folded, which normally is a resistance to, to whatever's happening. All of a sudden, arms will open up. There'll be smiles. There'll be agreement. You know, there'll be uh, people will, you know, that seems like a great idea. You get this sort of what I call fierce agreement when you're agreeing with me. I'm not selling you something right now. We're just in. We're doing this. So um, I really tried to get into the mechanics of, of how, to, how to pitch. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> Um, sure. Could you now? I should say, would you um, enthusiastically pitch a product that you didn't believe in yourself? I, I've done it, yeah. and um, I, I did it in my early careers. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. You know, I was young and I was uh, easily manipulated. Yeah. And I just come into the, onto the scene, and um, I think some some kind of unscrupulous marketing people were like this kid can sell anything we need to you know to put the big carrot and dangle it in front of him and, and he'll do it and i i was not very good at saying no yeah. i've got a lot better at it over the years when i just won't do it and i i have done it and i've lived to regret it because i just have like you know what that was a really crappy product and people were probably not satisfied with their experience so i own it yeah. um and i i quickly learned um you know, I, I the last the last two pages of my book is called "Use Your Powers for Good," yeah. because there are plenty of snake oil guys out there who are great pitch people, and we've all seen them. You know, the weight loss guys, mm -hmm. the get rich quick guys, the house flipper guys, um, some of the guys out there selling Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it can get very unscrupulous, and I, I did get sucked in early in my career. And one of the products was a hundred percent callback. Mm -hmm. And I remember being mortified that I'd been involved in that. So I'm really, really careful now in my career to make sure that the products I'm selling put a smile on people's faces. They're, they're worth the money. They're, they give the user, end user a great experience. And I'll use OxyClean as an example. I mean, OxyClean is just, you know, as, as good as it gets when it comes to a stain remover and a laundry detergent. So I'm pretty selective right now. Well, and the flip side of that, though, is you probably also find that if, if you're excited about a product, it really makes the pitching not only more genuine, but just easier, doesn't it? Yeah, well, th this is the thing. So I've, and I think people think I'm a little bit weird because I get excited about a mop. 
I just had a mop that came into my office about six weeks ago, and I'm not kidding you. I get out of my chair, and I'm like, we are going to sell the crap out of this. And people look at me like, why are you so? I'm like, are you kidding me? Look at this thing. It's unbelievable. Um, and when I have that level of excitement, that always bleeds into the pitch. And I think you can see it in my eye. When I, re- I, when I like something, I can sell it. But when I really like it, it will come across. And if you've got twenty dollars in your pro- in your pro- in your pocket, you'll be twenty dollars lighter by the time I get done with you. <laughs> so how um, how do you recommend that people practice this and get better? Because I know you do talk about uh, um, you know your your preparation and and rehearsal. I guess we would even call it. I mean, are there some things that you would suggest people do that help them get better? I do it like all the time. I find myself unconsciously doing it. If I if I'm on a checking into an air, checking in for a flight, I will make a conscious effort to have a conversation with the person checking me in, even if I want something or I don't want something, to make that person to lighten that lighten that kind of hurt day a little bit. When I'm going through TSA, if I chat to the security guard, I guarantee you you're going to have a better experience yeah. and probably not going to get the shakedown, although you might do randomly. Sure. When you're getting on the plane, the flight attendant, um, there's an op- there's opportunities every single day to reach across that aisle, if you will, or reach across that terrifying void and make a connection. So when you're practicing it on random people and when you don't want anything in return, you're just being nice for the sake of being nice – you're practicing your pitching skills. You're practicing connection. You're practicing eye contact. You're practicing maybe a, a gentle touch to break that physical connection where you touch someone on the shoulder or you shake their hand, a nice firm handshake. So I, I will practice. You can practice at 7-Eleven because yeah. I guarantee you that clerk behind the desk probably hasn't anyone been nice to her all day. <laughs> and literally by making a comment about how that person looks or asking them about their day. I'm talking just about connecting and pitching is a lot about connecting is making that extra effort to make a friend, you know, and if you, if you look for it, you'll find it. And that's, that's what, um, so I, I practice, I practice cause I, it makes my day better. I always like it when I walk into a gas station and you say something funny to the, the attendant behind the bulletproof glass <laughs> And you and you just kind of lighten their load a little bit. So, um, and then you know you save the the more the more you get into those everyday interactions with people, where the better your outcome is going to happen. When all of a sudden you got to make it work, and you're like, right, I need to I need this job, yeah. I need this pay raise, I I need this loan, I need to get funded, I I got to get this. I want this girl to say yes, you know, to my to to get a phone number because she looks beautiful and I think she's the one. If you've randomly practiced talking to people on a daily basis, you're not going to be as terrified when you actually when it's on the line. So I practice almost every opportunity um, I have, which I think sometimes people say, "Oh, Solly is so outgoing." I, it's 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 by design. Yeah. I I have a choice, right? You can just go through life and and skate through it, or you can go that extra mile and and try and make that connection. And pitching is that. It's making that connection. So, yeah, so I was going to ask you about life lessons in, in you know, the art of doing this, but you, you kind of just shared some. some. So uh, who, are, who are some of the best? Like, are there, are there people we should be watching? Are there, you know, shopping network shows that we should be watching to, to maybe – obviously, we, we, most of the people listening are not ever going to sell them up to anybody. But are there t- things that we could pick up from watching some of the people that are doing it every day? Um. 
I think some great politicians. I mean, politicians are great pitch people. And if you want, you know, like I know there's plenty of, you know, Trump haters and Hillary haters. I mean, Hillary lovers out there. And the last election got very, very dirty. But when you strip away, especially the Republican uh, primary, that actually, I got to give it to Trump. He, he, he pitched his way through that primary like I've never seen. I'm not saying Trump is the gold standard of pitching, but there were some lessons in there for, for how he positioned himself and how he reached out and how he connected with his base and how he basically completely, you know, um, stole the show, if you will. I don't like to use the word steal, but, you know, won the, won the, the presidency. It's, it's fairly impressive. And I, I looked at it. And I'm like, you know what? That that was a good old fashioned pitch. He picked his uh, he picked his tagline, make America great again. And he labeled those 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 uh, Republican uh, c- candidates he was up against. He gave him a label. He went right at him. Like it or don't like it, it was uh, he was uh, he was he was great at it. I mean, I often will will look at musicians, you know, great musicians when they walk out on stage. I mean, they've got it. They've got that connection. They got they've rehearsed it. They've got the movements. They they've got it down completely. Um, you know, and even even when you look at the you know the great talk show hosts, uh, Carson, mm-hmm. Leno, uh, Letterman, Kimmel, um, Fallon. They're they're phenomenal at what they do. They they they've got that that connection, and you know they're up there commanding your attention. You're watching them. You can't get enough of what they say, and they're they're pitching their show. Great stand up comics uh, have all the 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 ingredients to make it a great pitch person. Um, so yeah, I mean that I definitely study. I, I love to study, you know, what to watch some of the great politicians. You know, I mean, I, I'd say this may sound really odd. Governor Scott, during Hurricane Irma, had to evacuate something like 25 million people. I forget how many people it was. And he pitched every single Florida resident to get the hell out of Florida. Yeah. And they all left, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, it, it, you know, right across, you know, right across, you know, from political to entertainment um, to Steve Jobs, who – I think is one of the best pitchmen ever. I mean, Steve would get up there in his jeans and his white sneakers and his black polo net po- polo top and never never changed his uniform. And every time he got up there, you were just waiting to see what came out of his mouth. And, and Steve nailed it. And then, of course, there's my buddy Billy Mays. Um, you know, if you ever want to get a crash course on how to pitch, Billy Mays was the bait. It was the greatest. So, Anthony, where can people find out more about you and what you're pitching these days in addition Anthony to Sullivan, – AnthonySullivan.com is uh, my website. And um, I've got a, I'm speaking in, a, in Orlando. Actually, I, got a, I would tell you why I'm speaking in Orlando, but it's coming up in November. I'm doing a keynote speech. Um, obviously, on TV, everyone on Instagram, I'm Sully on TV, S-U-L-L-Y on TV. And that's uh, Twitter. And on Facebook, I'm uh, Anthony Sullivan. So uh, I'm pretty easy to get. And I, I love to have interaction with fans. If anybody wants a, a Facebook message or a video message or for a birthday or an anniversary or something silly for a kid, I'm always up for it. Just reach out to me on Instagram and I'll, uh, I'll shoot you off something. All right. Well, that was a bold offer because uh, I suspect you'll get some response to that. So <laughs> I have one to do today, actually. I did one. Uh, I had to do one to some girl. She wanted me to say quaking in my boots. So yeah, she said, I'm quaking in my boots. So. All right. There you have it. Well, Anthony, thanks for joining us and uh, go out there and find you get what you pitch for. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I wonder if you could do me a favor. 
Could you leave an honest review on iTunes? Your ratings and reviews really help, and I promise I read each and every one.